We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. fans welcome to pod maverick after dark i'm kirk henderson joined by josh bow as always we are coming to you while the sun's still up it's about five o'clock on saturday february 10th the dallas mavericks just just annihilated the oklahoma city thunder 146 to 111 josh bow how are you i'm good i love talking to you before uh the sun has set we've had four (laughs) games in a row that are just like early It just it, it's it's nice. Warms my it's heart. Nice. <laughs> that was a pretty fun game. Did you get like, man? Things I, are, yeah. Things are better mm, <laughs> for, for one so, game. <laughs> so what you're telling me, and this is a wild thing. I think we've done this like two or three years in a row. So what you're telling me, Josh, is that when you put good, normal sized NBA players who know how to play basketball around Luka Doncic good things can happen is 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 that is that what I'm to understand uh, it's a complicated formula but yes uh, I believe that is I, I just I, I mean uh, we're really lucky the Dallas Mavericks like fell upon the formula of good basketball players surrounding a generational talent like I cannot believe this happened <laughs> yeah it was pretty fun uh I think what's crazy, I mean, a lot of this game is is pretty crazy, but uh, I mean, those guys arrived. They said they got into Dallas Thursday at midnight, uh, woke up. Uh, well, I guess, you know, they were off Friday, so I guess they had Friday to try to get acclimated. Lots of they, film sessions. That's, yeah. what the, that's what the TV uh, people were talking about. Yeah, and then they had to do, you know, they did their press conference this morning, like four hours before the game started, like that's pretty impressive to just go back in there and just hoop like they did. But you know what? Luka Doncic makes things pretty easy. And like you said, if you are a good, competent basketball player, it, it just 
it's it fits like a glove and uh i mean there were moments in the first half where they were looking like the showtime lakers i mean that was that was that was pretty nuts so i don't even know where to start so i'm just <laughs> gonna pick a play okay there was a, a botched lob attempt from luka Doncic to daniel gafford where gafford went up and got the ball anyway and scored do you know what play i'm talking about <sighs> was this the one was it in the first half kind of like on a fast it was break a- yeah, and it was uh, it was on a pick and roll, and there's oh, okay. three dudes around Gafford, and Gafford basically volleyballs it to himself yeah. when he realizes he's not going to be able to get the dunk because he's a little too far away, yeah. and there's just the defense a little too on him, and he pulls it down and just puts it back in the hoop with a gentleness and just a touch <laughs> that I, I love Maxi and and I'm grateful for Dwight's 37 years of Dallas Maverick service, <laughs> but they can't do that. Um, and frankly, Derek Lively can't yet either. Um, and it, it was, it, there's just so many moments of this game that make you go, Oh, okay. <laughs> this game and, felt like the part in Billy Madison where he grabs the dodgeball and, and says, Oh, you guys are in big trouble now. <laughs> like, big, big trouble. Yeah. Um, cause Gafford, like, you know, I'm not watching Wizards games. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Guys. I was when I was there, but it's been two years. Was he was he there when you were there? Or was he still in 2019. He's He's been a guy just because okay. of the team being – because, like, I think I said this the other day. The Washington Wizards have won under 50 games for 45 straight seasons. That's they an are, amazing stat. They are a, a just a, a testament to ineptitude. Shout out Washington Wizards. And so he was always on the team, uh, particularly when I was started taking Parker. And he just, he stood out because he's an athlete. And I know he measures six foot nine, but he's got a really nice vertical jump. Um, he's also got big shoulders. Yes, he's a big, big dude. He's, he's a sturdy are, lad. Yeah, and, and it's one of these things where the, you know, sometimes it doesn't translate to TV how either narrow or wide these guys are. Like lots of people like to argue about Luka Doncic's height. Luca's height is not the point. Luca's width is the point. The man is a tank. And and when you you're so so if we're talking uh Gafford and Luca doing a pick and roll, we're talking a pair of tanks. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of weight. A lot, in, in, just, a good it, way, in a good way. In yeah, a good way. In, a, in a way that's very difficult to guard because you have to keep bodies in front of them as they're going at the hoop. And clearly though, the you know, tonight the Thunder, you know, if there's one knock against the Thunder. It's that they don't have a lot of size. They're slight. Um, they're or they're they're slight. Yeah, yeah. Because they have some really tall and rangy dudes, but not a lot of like big guys. Right. And so this was this was nice. I yeah. I I'm I'm really sort of struggling as to figuring out how to talk because I turned it on in the middle of the first quarter. I, I was coming back from H E B and it was twenty eight to fourteen. And I texted everybody or I slacked them as money ball slack and I said, What the hell is going on? It was like six minutes into the game. Dude. It was like I said. It was like Showtime Lakers in the first quarter. It was getting out on the fast break. Did you did you end up seeing? You probably missed it then. If that's when you tuned, I in. saw the replay. The Josh Green behind the back. Like I mean, this team was doing stuff that we're like, wait, what? Like what? Um, so that was pretty awesome. Yeah, Gafford's listed as four pounds heavier than Derek Lively, and Derek Lively has, I think. How much, three, by the way? Two thirty-four to two thirty. So good to that, know. Good to know. My my forty-year-old six-foot-three <laughs> ass weighs more than both of these players at a crisp uh, hey, me too. But I guess I'm a little taller. But whatever. Um, 
But hey, I mean, it's only four pounds. That's what's listed, but that makes You're right. Difference. Right, it's, it's a like, different. It's a different look, though. Yeah, yeah. It's had, the way the weight's distributed. Yeah, and he had four offensive rebounds in 17 minutes, um, which is pretty good. Um, defensive rebounding is kind of an issue, but that's okay because he's playing. You know, he's going to be playing minutes off the bench theoretically when Lively gets back. Uh, but yeah, the, the offensive rebounding was something I noticed too, like the way he was able to. Because the Mavericks are a bad offensive rebounding team. They've been a terrible offensive rebounding team for years. Even predating Luka, going back to uh, like Carlisle before Luka, because Carlisle always wanted transition defense. He didn't like guys crashing the glass. I think his rule was one guy could crash the glass and everyone else had to get back. So they've never really been an offensive rebounding team, which is like becoming a bigger and bigger tool for a lot of these teams. Like, well, because it, it was one of those, it's one of those things that analytics will not, I hate to be this broad, but essentially analytics pushed folks away from sending guys to the yes. offensive boards because you get beaten transition. But now it's and like it, a market inefficiency. Yes. In yeah. So, and, and so it's starting to come back into vogue and there are teams that are utilizing it in a way to like clear, like close gaps that might not be there in terms of like a talent disadvantage. You can get some, I mean, Getting extra possessions is good. You usually win basketball games if you have more possess, you know, if you have more shot attempts than the other team. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Uh, I thought that was like immediately noticeable. It was just the way he was able to get up and not, you know, Dwight Powell uh, gets his offensive rebounds, but he usually gets his on the tip outs and stuff like that. Like Gafford was legitimately just like outworking and and outbigging the Thunder front line on a lot of those offensive rebounds, which was cool. And then PJ Washington doing kind of exactly the things that everyone hoped best case scenario one game, like, wow, a guy that can attack a closeout and score in the lane is just such a commodity for this Mavericks team on the wing when you're playing next to Luke. Well, let, I, I want to get to Washington here shortly, but I okay. need to run a take past you that that's okay. been sort of just in the old head there to me. I, in, in my brain, there's sort of two kinds of NBA players. There are players that when you are paired with Luka Doncic, you you are diminished and you aren't able to play to your full capacity because Luka is just too big of an orbit. Then there are guys who Luka so multiplies that it's really difficult to judge their value. Spencer Dinwiddie, for example, who just joined the Los Angeles Lakers. Eat, uh, eat shit, Spencer. Thank you very much for not joining our team. Uh, I hope you go tank the Lakers now, but Spencer played amazing with Luca, probably some of the best basketball of his career, the most efficient he's ever been in his mm -hmm. life. Was next and, and, you know, but then you have a guy like Delon Wright who really couldn't find a role. You have a uh, Josh Richardson who really struggled. And then, you know, to a certain extent, Grant Williams. Um, but then you got guys like PJ Washington who come in, Grant, it's one game. So I'm, I'm I, you know, all the hey, fans. Derek Lively. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lively is um, a great example. Cause it's and like Derek Jones. Like there's examples. Look at Tim Hardaway. Look at, uh, look at Dorian. I mean, look at what Dorian did in Dallas compared to what he's done, done in Brooklyn. Yes. Yes. So I'm just, I've, I was sort of thinking about that prior to the game. And then I turn on and I see uh, the full court pass to Gafford for a, dunk and then like just repeated oops and it's like oh no i mean okay so all right 10 minutes into the show here you could guys could do me a favor there's a lot of people in the stream live stream i think it's the early game we get some european fans. oh boy this is the um, most we've had in a yeah, this is the most we've had since we've been at this platform if you could do me a favor and go ahead and click the like button while you're down there 
uh, it really helps Josh and I. If you would consider subscribing to the show, I'd be grateful for that as well. You can also get notified uh, when we go live. We go live after every single game. It's usually within 15 to 20 minutes, depending on what's going on. And then most of the time, I'm going to try to host a live show where you guys can come up and join. I wish I could do one tonight because there's all sorts of stuff that people would like to talk about, I'm sure. But I promised my son that we would watch uh, The Empire Strikes Back. He is at the ripe age to where I can get for Star Wars indoctrination. And so I'm taking advantage of him saying yes, overplaying Pokemon. Uh if, if you could also do me a favor and, and you know, if you're listening on the audio streams, go ahead and uh, leave us a review. And if you are watching this video at a later date, go ahead and leave a real comment on the video. Those things help Josh and I as well. Uh, we'll be right back if you're listening on an audio stream because we're going to plug in some quick ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Thanks so much for letting me show for a minute. Okay, so PJ Washington, who I learned last night was a local kid. I mean, that shows you how much I paid attention to this trade deadline just because <laughs> it's just not my thing. So I, I don't like to talk about things that I'm not, I don't want to like fake being an expert in. Local man played out in Frisco for a little while. Then he went out to, to Findlay Prep, which was actually a place I've played basketball. And it is a it's it, before the prep school closed down, like was essentially an NBA factory. Uh, there's like 15 or 20 guys that went through there, names that I can recognize. And the gym was like smaller than most like 3A uh, uh, JV gyms. Like it was such a weird really? place to play basketball. But 
And, and you know, so he's he's been um, with the Hornets for the last several years, and is just a, a fascinating player. Sort of has struggled with efficiency in certain ranges, and so I know like uh, ESPN's Tim Bontemps was like not high on the move at all, just because he's not been a very efficient player. And I'm very curious as to what you think about his fit with the Mavericks after one game relative to what I said about the Luka Doncic multiplying effect. Yeah, I think the big thing for him, you know, I think that everyone was talking about the three-point shooting because he has not been a good three-point shooter lately. And when I mean lately, I don't just mean this season. I mean like the last couple of seasons. Uh, he started the league. He, he entered the league as a good shooter and his three-point percentage has slowly gotten worse over the last three seasons, like 36 <laughs> to 34 to 32 now. Uh, mm-hmm. before this game. Uh, and what was even weirder was, you know, because the first thing you think is, well, he's on a crappy team. He's probably taking a lot of pull-up threes and, and end of shot clock. Th- like, he's probably taking a lot of bad shots to tank his percentage. He's shooting really bad on spot-up threes and corner threes. This Which is so, so weird. It is Sometimes weird. because his, struggle with it. His jumper looks good, like, technically. Like, it looks good. Like, he has a good form on his jumper. So it's weird. And it's, you know, a lot of people with Luca, they bring up the shooting and it's like, well, he's not shooting well. He's not going to fit next to Luca. And I think there's been this, I don't know if you want to call it narrative, but there's just been this idea that the only player, like the ideal player to play next to Luca is just someone who can hit spot up threes. And I get it because Luca is one of the best, if not the best three point shot creator in the league. Mm-hmm. But to me, the best fit next to Luca is someone that can do something with the space that he creates. Because Luca isn't just creating three-point shots. He's creating space because he has almost all of the defense's attention on him every time he's on the floor. He gets right. two on the ball more than anyone else in the league, which has been repeated by a ton of people. Like, that's just, you know, don't even need to reference where that stat comes from. Like, he's been he's been blitzed on the pick and roll more than anyone else in the NBA. And it's more than, you know, years ago – the three and D player I feel like was more optimal as teams were starting to like utilize the three point line more and analytics and all that stuff. Well, defenses I think are starting to catch up to that and they are running these limited shooters off the line more than they did. Let's say like in 2015 or 2016, 2017 when the three point shot really started to boom um, warriors titles. And because of that, now you need the offense has to adjust. You now need more guys that if you, okay, if you're getting closed out on by a defense, what are you going to do with the ball? Because if it's just passing it along the perimeter and it ends back in Luca's hands, we've seen what happens. He has to take an exasperated shot at the end of the shot clock and the defense gets worse because that usually bad shots equal bad transition defense and runouts. And it just doesn't work. And we've seen in big games, good teams just leaving the Maverick spot up shooters open because they one feel either they don't care if they shoot because uh, they don't trust that they're good shooters or they trust their defense to close out. And once they close out, they're like, well, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to hurt us if we really close out and sell you, sell on you. So the big thing, like, it's okay that, you know, Washington needs to shoot better from three, I think, to maximize his time in Dallas. But if he doesn't shoot, like, a crazy high percentage, just the fact that he knows what to do with a live dribble when a defender is running at him beyond the three-point line makes an immeasurable difference to how this offense can flow and move and take some of the pressure off of Luka to have to do literally everything to create offense and generate buckets. The Mavericks had 66 points in the paint tonight or today. Um, 66? Yes, they had 66 points. They were 25. Yes, they were 25 of 27 at the rim today. Um, The Oklahoma City Thunder made two more three-pointers than that. Wow. How many times have the Mavericks won a game? It just hasn't happened this year. Right. So 
yes, he needs to shoot better, but man, if he's open on the wing and a defender's running at him, his ability to take a hard dribble and finish a little floater in the paint matters so much more than him hitting like 38 or 39% of his threes. Like he does need to shoot better, but this matters to the offense at least way more, in my opinion. It makes it more sustainable against the better defenses. Because threes are threes are not going to always fall. Right. There's a variable. Even the best shooters miss, you know, yeah. what? Three out of every five threes they take? Like, mm-hmm. that's 40%, two out of five? So, like, yeah, you got to have something more reliable. So, it, it's really it, it's really going to be something. And uh, both of them brought kind of a palpable energy that sure. that that was really – it's, it's kind of hard to describe other than the fact that, you know, Lively's still sort of finding his, his skis. Um, Dwight Powell is – Dwight and Maxie's just not that kind of guy. So big demonstrative post play is actually quite nice. Now, one of the other things that I noticed, and this is just limited, limited sample size, it's one game, but what it actually felt like to me is that having these guys playing center, small forward, power forward, the mix, you know, between the two guys that you got Gafford that can play you know he's probably primarily going to play center right now but he might you might spot him at that you know power forward occasionally you're gonna you're gonna run pj between power forward and small forward depending on what the, the lineups are but what i was just my you know and granted i'm like holding the baby during this feeding the baby so some <laughs> of my analysis might be garbage today i apologize but it, it felt like everyone else slid into a you know luca and Kyrie aside the rest of the roster slid into slightly different positions which allowed them to play a little more free um, and a little harder and a little faster. You know, like a, a Josh Green dunk coming in transition. It was just, this is a little, little more to it. Maxi is is playing with force over these last several games we haven't seen in like two years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Tim Hardaway's shots don't feel quite so no, 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 yes. I, I, Granted, this is just, you know, one game's kind of overreaction to it, but it felt like there was just a level of sustainability to, to what we were seeing with the rest of the roster instead of it always being like, all right, are we going to get the peak version of these guys tonight? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're kind of hitting it on the head. What we've kind of circled around since 2019, really, is this trade so far through one game, it looks like it's slotting the rest of the role players into better spots on the totem pole if that makes sense mm-hmm. um because what they traded i mean they didn't give up anyone in these trades that was a productive member of their rotation no what do you think about it i mean no, it was no. sean holmes seth curry who didn't play and grant williams who was playing bad and was coming off the bench because after getting demoted because he was playing poorly like you replace those three with two guys that can play it's not only you're getting their production, but now, okay, Maxi doesn't have to be the best big every night if Lively's not playing. Because guess what? Gafford's coming in off the bench and he's getting rebounds and he's getting dunks. Right. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. doesn't need to be scoring, shooting so much to score 35 points every game because now you've got some distributed scoring between Washington, Luca, Kyrie, Tim, and you know even Gafford when he's getting when he's in there getting buckets because everything feels a little bit better in place. So those guys are going to take the pressure off the remaining role players that are still on the roster where they don't have to feel like they have to be perfect players every single night to win games. And I think that's a big deal uh, because that what we've been talking about for so long, they just, they played so many guys in the rotation that we've been like, 
would any of the top four teams in either conference have these guys playing regular minutes in the rotation? Like how many guys have the Mavericks thrown out over the last four or five years that we said that about? So mm-hmm. just adding mm-hmm. two more guys that feel like legitimate NBA rotation players on a good team, I think it's going to make Maxi better. It's going to make Tim Hardaway Jr. better. It's going to make Josh Green better. It's going to make Derek Jones Jr. better. Because those like Derek Jones Jr. only scored eight points, and that's fine. And they've needed him to be a double-digit scorer most of the year. And that's not him. Like That would be awesome if he did that, but that's never been his game his whole career. So like Dwight Powell was a victory cigar coming off the bench in the fourth quarter. How long has that have we been wanting? Like, man, we like Powell. Good dude for the locker room, but if they could just not rely on him so much for big man minutes, that'd be great. And you like that happened tonight. So I think that's another part of it is just, you know, they removed the stuff from the roster that was not giving them anything. And those two guys immediately come in and combine to score 33 points in their first game. It's just like, Ooh, that makes a difference. So, so as is our as is our tradition here, we sort of inadvertently downplay just how fucking good Luka Doncic is. Um, <laughs> not on purpose, just because we don't constantly want to come in here and be like, "Oh my God, Luka!" Fourteen shots, yep. thirty-two points. LOL to that. Um, eight rebounds, nine assists, and played only 33, 31 minutes, which was really, really quite something. And I mean, if you're able to just spell him 30, if you're able to play Luca 36 minutes a night over the rest of the year, and a lot of people are going to be like, why does that four minutes matter? Well, that four minutes over the course of 12 games is a full game extra that Luca's playing. So for a guy this big who plays this physical basketball, considering and, you know, conserving his minutes is going to be really important. And, and then there's the additional like sort of, he played with a with a level of juice tonight that I haven't seen in a while. Um, yeah, you think the uh, Slovenian fan base being able to watch this game live because he's usually good. good at, he's always good in the afternoon games because okay. he knows his his family and friends can watch. That's him why they played it too. I didn't even think about that. This is why I'm stupid. <laughs> no, I used okay. to think about these things in advance, not anymore. No, it's okay. that was that was really remarkable. And then I think we have to talk about the fact. Uh, uh, you know who else played just a really like door closing like mean game was Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he looked great. He's been great since he's come back by the way. He has. He's, been, he's been awesome. He has, but he was authoritative in this game. Mm-hmm. And really just it's just he's the kind of made some plays and some shots tonight that had to just drain the life out of you if you're a Thunder fan. He had a left-handed um across the lane over three guys move where I'm just like that. All right. That that's why, that's why he exists. That's why he's there. So yeah, I wrote in the recap, like it's fun to have these new role players, but the team only goes so far as Luca and Kyrie go. And they were awesome tonight. I thought it was, you know, so Kyrie came back on Monday against Philadelphia. So they've played four games with Kyrie back. They're four. No, um, this was the first, I think, really impressive win. The other were against teams that were kind of down bad, but that's okay because you just you take wins. You can't dictate the schedule. But Luca in these four games has two games under twenty shot attempts. The last time before the Philadelphia game on Monday, he had a game with less than twenty shot attempts was like early November against the Sacramento Kings. So he's gone two and a half months without having a game under twenty shot attempts, like. 
just having Kyrie on the floor just makes such a big difference for Luca and, and having good Kyrie, like he's been back and he's shooting like over 55% from the field. He didn't shoot the three ball that well tonight. No, and he's still shooting like, but he's, he's nails on everything inside the arc right now, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, so like just having them back, like I think the thing that's gotten lost is we've always said like the numbers show when they play together, they're good. The record isn't good, but like the, the, the data behind their minutes is they're winning those those minutes. It's been everything else. So, I mean, that's going to be the key for the rest of the season. As good as uh, Washington looked, as good as Gafford looked, if those two can stay healthy, stay on the floor, they're going to they're going to win. They're going to win some games. Well, and and one of the you know we're we're winding towards you know close closing out. We'll talk for a little bit longer here. Um, you you pull us back to mid January when you and I had looked ahead to this point in the schedule. And frankly, I wrote a piece. Which game was it? I did the recap for one of these games several weeks ago and sort of like lost my mind at the end of it where I, I it was after one of the losses. I think it was, it was a Bucks loss. Yeah, it's a Bucks loss. Bucks loss. Um, this, which is obviously not too many games ago or uh, not too many. Um, about a week or so ago, a week and a half ago. It's the right thing. Yeah, about a week. Yeah. And, and I just wrote that these guys need to pull it together and quit barking, <laughs> quit complaining. Just go play basketball. And, you know, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of, of, of I don't want to say like outright negative, but they, the, a lot of the press has essentially confirmed through sourcing that Grant rubbed people the wrong way. Call that what you will. But sometimes, and I don't necessarily think it's like he's a bad dude or anything like that. Honestly, what it sounds like to me is he's the guy in the office that just won't shut the fuck up. And after a while, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're working on a, on a big project. You got to close out the project and the guy's not doing his part of the project while continuing to talk. And they had to get that vibe. They had to change that vibe. Um, and honestly, like, like you could see Luca's just delight in the post game following the last game with what they had done. Um, and I see, uh, Edvard in the chat saying no need for bashing Grant. It's not bashing to basically say that he was a a a he was a minus element. player. He was an element in the in, in what was going on with the team chemistry that was not working. Like that's just a, a, a point of fact. Yeah. And and yeah. and so it's like they they pull that element out. They get Luca two different players that actually really accentuate his trait his strengths. And here you are. Here you are with with a team that is you know you go out and you score. 146 points. Not going to happen every game, but to do it against the Thunder, yeah, one of the best just, defenses in the league. It's just such a point where we were talking, and I, I, I wrote, I wrote some closing, some very dramatic closing graph from like these guys need to look themselves in the mirror and figure out what they want to do. Do they want to go win games or do they want to keep kind of just slogging and farting around? So when you change up the elements, and you, you we've seen that from the very beginning, this team has something that when that something gets really accentuated, they go and can really win basketball games. It's not going to be the smooth sailing, but we were worried as recently as two weeks ago that the Dallas Mavericks would go into all-star break below 500. They are now seven games above 500 with the chance to win two more. They have two, I mean, frankly, trap games ahead on the (laughs) schedule. They play the Washington Wizards, 
And like, I, I really hope Rashawn Holmes doesn't score like 25 points. Cause that would be just hilariously embarrassing. And then they play the San Antonio Spurs who don't have enough, uh, you know, talent to stick up with the Mavericks, but they do have a seven foot five mutant who can do all sorts of crazy things with the basketball. Um, interestingly enough, I got fed a text from a, a, a friend around the NBA. Oh, I'm not going to be like a team official or anything, but just through various channels, it's, it's been state, it's been said that, that Wemby had said to somebody that Daniel Gafford actually guarded him as well as anybody has the entire year. So that's very interesting to me. Yeah. They need to close. They need to close with two wins. If they, any loss here in the next two games would be a real bummer going into the, the all-star break because the, it's not that those two teams are are bad. They're like the Wizards, the the Spurs, the Hornets, the Pistons. I think those are and the Trailblazers. They're like not only are those the four worst teams in the NBA, they're like historically like four of the worst <laughs> seasons that, that that have happened in the NBA. Like they're they are not good teams. So those need to be, you know, they need to take care of business, which to be fair, the Mavericks have mostly taking care of business against bad teams. Their record against teams below 500 is really, really good. I know mm-hmm. fans pull their hair out at some of the losses last season and, you know, they lost to the shorthanded Memphis earlier this year. So I know no one's going to trust the team to take care of business, but they've, they've actually been pretty good about it. So yeah, they need to go into the all-star break strong, but, but yeah, you know, this reminded me, uh, remember the game, uh, the first game they played after they traded Christoph Porzingis and mm-hmm. they beat the, the Clippers by like 50 points or something. That was, a, that was crazy. This felt like that game. Like, I mean, there's obviously some sort of weight lifted off their shoulders and a new energy in the roster. And sometimes it's just, wow, new faces, like any new face will help. Like sometimes I under, I undervalue that every trade deadline. It's not on purpose. It's, it, but it's very evident where it's just like, all right, say you don't agree with my grant analysis at all, which reading some of the comments, people don't which i don't understand but that's fine i i just think mixing it up is is not necessarily the worst thing you know if you, you go play a run of five on five with some of your friends and occasionally you just you, you switch out one or two guys and the 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 energy's different and that's 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 palpable i mean i don't know if you watched the post game interview with skin wade but pj and gafford were like they were psyched <laughs> yeah, they, they were on two of the worst teams ever and now they're on a team winning with luca yeah yeah they're gonna, they're gonna get good so contracts funny. whenever they're there's up. this it's not from other players it's not from other players but there's this fan-driven narrative of people who don't like the way that luca is pl- like plays that insists that insists on uh uh basically saying that the other players don't like luca and, or, you know, I wouldn't want to play with that guy. And it's like, no, great. Like players want to play with great players. They do. Um, one thing that I just, I, I feel the need to address. And this is a fan one, two, three in the chat kind of makes a point. I just want to talk about this. At the end of Tim McMahon's hoop collective note about Grant, he made the sort of like jab about Grant Williams switching shoes from Lucas to Tatum's. I don't really like the, the Luca twos this year. They're not my favorites. The Tatum's are a little interesting. NBA players do switch shoes fairly recently. I one of the things that everybody took and ran with, and I don't understand why, was that Luca like the, the, the easy dumb fan response was, well, Luca wanted him out of there because he switched his shoes. Tim wasn't saying that about Luca. Tim was basically saying, why, why is Grant dumb enough to change his shoes? That's what the, the point was. It was not a Luca jab, it was a Grant Williams jab. 
And you go through the various podcasts yesterday, and and you know it was Simmons and Russillo talking about him. It was Brad Townsend, I think, put out a little bit of a thing on it. It's like it, enough people report it. I don't understand like why everyone's like this is not a thing. Whatever, he's gone. We don't have to think about him again. I'm sure I'll continue to take jabs because I'm a petty dummy. Um, and and Edvard says, why does Tim have a beef with Luca? He doesn't. It's just a reporter's job is not to be friends with the subject that you cover. So sometimes you get into these questions and and people there's going to be tension. Like that's yeah, there's the, tension. That's the relationship. And, yeah, and and when things aren't great, that that tension tends to rise. There's also the fact that Tim's writing a book and Luca does not want him to write that book. Um, that is, that's kind of the be all end all, uh, of, of what's going on there. Dang. We're nearly at 800 followers or followers, uh, live show listeners. Oh, that's crazy. But, I mean, this was just, what a way, like what a way to go. This was just, I don't have enough nice things to say <laughs> about that. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's fantastic. This is it's just such a fun win. And I, I, and what's funny is you could even see like elements of improvement if you wanted to, you know? Yeah, I mean, Lively and Exum didn't even play. So, <laughs> like, what's this gonna what's this gonna look like when Maxi's either you know maybe coming off the bench or or you know Lively's back in the fold and you get forty eight minutes of Lively and Gafford on the floor? To, you know, not together obviously, but just you know playing the center position like Exum coming off the bench because you know they do probably need his backup guard ability right now because. You know, right now, basically, it's Jaden Hardy's the backup guard, or they just stagger Luca and Kyrie. So, like, you get Exum back, you can maybe lower some of Luca and Kyrie's minutes a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, this is for them to do this and not even be at full strength is is very encouraging. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, it was just fun to watch. They haven't played a fun game like this in you know even the three previous wins were good, solid wins, but this there was nothing. They haven't done anything like this since. Man, I don't know. I guess when they played Portland at the, at the start of January, but but that was Portland. Like that doesn't matter. Like doing this to Oklahoma City matters in a way uh, that their previous wins just it was, it's just not the same. Um, mm-hmm. And shout out to I think it should be noted that we haven't talked about this point yet, but the Thunder punched back in the second quarter, like after kind of things cooled down a little bit, and for the Mavericks to not only withstand that that punch back. But to then increase the lead in the second half, I think is probably the most impressive thing they've done all season. Because this is a team that has not responded well to getting punched back. Think about the Milwaukee game. They were up 20 in the first half uh, and then slowly just tripped that lead away after the first quarter. Uh, This one, you the second quarter, I could see Mavs fans thinking this is the Milwaukee game all over again. And then the third quarter, they drop 39. Uh, They get their lead back up into 20 or whatever it was. Uh, and they just, it was never a close game after that. It, w- it was pretty impressive to see them respond in a way they don't usually get to respond mid game when things aren't going well. So I've got a, I've got an idea because there, there's already f- uh, uh, just jokes, mainly jokes. It's like, who's, I mean, should Gafford start over lively type thing? And I have a, I just have an, I have, I have a th- just something I think they should try. Whoever starts every game is whoever got the most dunks in the game before. <laughs> Why not? Contest. You know, what do you yeah. think? Why not? Go for it. <laughs> Just love it. I mean, that's going to be a pretty competitive con. I mean, I mean, seventh uh, and eighth, oh, they're, they're, they're seventh yeah. and eighth in the league respectively for total dunks. 
I wonder if there is going to be a side bet in that locker room to see who can finish with more, with more dunks. That'll be. I, I would. That'll be yes. <laughs> knowing, something... knowing how NBA players spend their free time and like to make bets and gamble and not like gamble, gamble, but yep. you know, play cards and stuff. On the Shout table. out to our, our former staffer, Logan Thompson, who um, legitimately disappeared. Uh, well, <laughs> I've not talked to Logan in like three months. <laughs> um, do we got anything else or should we close this up? Uh, I think I'm okay. I know we're riding the high of having 800 people in here, but uh, all good things must come to an end, I guess. <laughs> so many, so many dunks, so many oh, blocks, man. so many rebounds, so many nice passes. Um, just while I'm thinking about it one more time, the Luca pass to Dwight Powell during the next game. That is just going to live in my head for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. Do you want to, do you have any thoughts on the, on the, the last roster spot? Andreas just posted about this. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> last, well, I mean, I, I am glad Spencer didn't sign. Like if Spencer got swayed by going to the Los Angeles Lakers game when they're literally the worst team, like go, go forth. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. Like, but hey, got living the in Lakers LA is fun. hate him. <laughs> the Mavericks are the kind of team where you can say weird stuff and nobody thinks about it. You can't do that in Los Angeles. Yeah, they will pick up on anything he says post game. So. Yeah. Uh, eh, I don't know. They uh, if Exum if Exum's injury is something that's more serious. I don't know if it's more serious than let on, but I mean, it's he's been time. Out. Seems yeah, he's he's been out for a while. If they're not confident in him finishing the season healthy, then they probably need to try to see if there's a veteran guard mm-hmm. that they can get. Um, seems like the other ones like Kyle Lowry, I think is pegged to go to, to Philadelphia. So don't really know who's out there for veteran backup guard on the buyout market, but that's where I would lean. But otherwise, you know, if they get like Marcus Morris, I mean, you'll be mad about it for like, for like 10 minutes, but then we'll go on with their day. I just don't see them that unless they get, a backup guard. I don't see whoever they get in the buyout market mattering too much because so I made pretty well fortified. Otherwise, I made this joke before the show started, just in the chat, because I really don't want to play the Clippers. But I just I I can't help now, but thinking now more than ever, the Mavericks are going to play the Clippers just because if like Luca's on a a hero's journey, you and you eventually have to 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 slay the monster, and the Clippers are are Luca's secret monster. Um. I don't want either Morris brother on the team, but what if you, <laughs> what if you had both Morris brothers to go play the Clippers? Just use their six fouls to just use their, hack the, the, Kawhi the, and George. You know, instead of hacking the shit out of Luca, they're hacking the shit out of Kawhi. There you go. And maybe but, when the Morris are combined together, they're like the, the twins or whatever. The super this is, twins. This is the take. Uh, maybe. Robin, Lo- Robin Lopez is backup guard. I like that <laughs> okay. one. <laughs> i don't know i i yeah. I, I, don't I don't have a strong joking. opinion because guy buyout guys usually don't matter it's true historically no but i i still like you know it's it's who's the who's the the guard the the d the g league guy that i can't stand that they constantly threaten to bring back uh, who has his own podcast uh theo theo I mean, we have to admit in 2021, 20, 22, the Theo Pinson sign signing was legitimately purposeful. Like that was, he wasn't a buyout guy, but like he, they brought him up and he mattered. Everyone had COVID. He mattered. And, and he was, yeah. vibes were important. You know, I, I, I want, so as much as we're like, oh, that last spot doesn't matter. I, I can't help but thinking that. You don't that want them to punt it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to punt. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. 40 minutes in. 
great show guys thanks so much for hanging out if you uh please would consider subscribing to the show also setting up your notifications um if you could go ahead and like the stream one more time leave a comment that sort of thing head over to mavs moneyball where josh bow wrote an incredible incredible recap i'm sure i haven't actually read it yet but josh is a better writer than i am so here we go thank you so much for spending time with us hope i didn't say anything too stupid um but if i did too bad uh go mavs this has been kirk henderson and josh bow pod maverick everyone have a great rest of your weekend and we will see you on i think monday bye guys when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer mail checks invoices documents and everything you need to keep your business running get rates up to 89 percent off usps and ups and with the mobile app you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.